Good morning. Happy New Year. So what I'm going to invite you to do right now is um, I'm going to sound the chimes and invite you to just drop into some a spaciousness of silence right now. And that spaciousness we're going to talk about this afternoon. If you have time to, to come and join us for our workshop, it's really going to be around experiential things that help open us up because the language of the soul is the mystery and dropping in and have a beautiful meditation that we're going to share with you and some, some practices that I think can help ground some of the ideas because we really need, in my life, I need practices. I need things that hold my devotion and discipline in place. So one of those that I'm going to invite you to do right now is just simply take a nice deep breath and let it out. Breathe in through the nose if possible, out through the mouth. One of the ways we slow ourselves down and presence ourselves is by slowing the out-breath. So what I'm going to invite us all to do together before I go into the silence and then your awareness on the breathing can be a little bit more um, impactful is to just simply take a breath in. I'll count to 10. I'll do it silently and uh, to hold it for 10 and then let it out slowly through your mouth. And so let's just take a nice breath in through our nose. Hold it. And let it out. Really simple, powerful practice. The Hindus have taught this for centuries. We always have our breath available. So I'll talk a bit more about that today, but I'm going to sound our chimes right now. If you get lost in thought, just bring it back to your breath, in through the nose, out through the mouth. If you find it valuable to hold it for a bit, it can be even more impactful. So let's drop into the silence. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear or spirit. One spirit is in this very room, in this very room, in this very room. Before I begin our prayer, just direct your attention once again to your breath. In through the nose, out through the mouth. And think of an experience or memory you have that is full of joy, appreciation, gratitude. Small or large, it doesn't matter, but that capture that feeling tone in your body, whatever it may be. Let us pray from that. So I stand in this moment buoyed by this and supported and resourced by the vibration of the Most High, the collectively we have lifted through intentional thought 
and through embodying it in our physical being. A joy, an appreciation, an aliveness, an opportunity based on a sweet memory from the past that we place in this moment and project into our future that calls us forth. So I know this day, the beginning of 2017, is like none other. A day of of sharper awareness, consciousness, appreciation and gratitude, duplicating the feeling tone of spirit, which is one of gratitude and generosity. And so continuing to breathe in, noticing whatever comes up in opposition to that, and simply saying, no, not right now. I'm dwelling upon this. This is where I give my devotion. This is where I give my heart. And so I just give thanks beforehand for an incredible, amazing, beautiful celebration this day of music and of words and of consciousness and the healing consciousness of the infinite presence buoyed in gratitude and generosity, opportunity, possibility. This is the place where God shows up. This is the place where possibility shows up. This is the place where joy shows up. Not because it is unique, but simply because we make this declaration individually and collectively. And what a joy to be alive at this point in time. So I give thanks right here and right now for all that has been, that has brought us to this moment, all that is and all that is yet to be revealed. For it is calling us forth as we call it into our lives. For this I give thanks and invite you to say with me, And so it is. All right. So what I'm going to invite you to do right now is, if you wouldn't mind standing up and finding someone that you're comfortable interacting with, perhaps somebody you're not comfortable interacting with. But what we're going to do is we're going to to activate a spiritual practice. It's called the two or more. And so as you look into that person's eyes, just be able to say to them, Happy New Year. Year. Welcome to 2017. You are amazing. You have love to share. You have gifts to share. You have potential to fulfill. And possibility to reveal. Thank you for being you. And so it is. Awesome, awesome, awesome. There we go. Hey, this is the place. is almost off the screen. We have new, new uh, software, so, but this is the place. So this year, the theme really is this is the place, as, as Charles so beautifully articulated. We are the place. This is the place. But we get to decide what that place is. So and it is about possibility. This year, our theme for the year is possibility. For ourselves individually and as a community and upon this planet and what is going on, how do we stand in all of the changes that are taking place in a way that is productive and and honoring, and, and to see it through the eyes of wisdom. So today I want to talk to you about this is the place where joy shows up, because I think we start small. How can you activate joy in your life? And what's to be joyful about? And let me tell you uh, some ideas and some illustrations that I think help support that. So I want to talk about three primary areas today. Number one is the divine blueprint. Number two is intention. What does that mean? What does it look like? What is not intention? And then how the event finds us, finds you. So Dr. Holmes, in in this uh, month, we're using this beautiful little book by Dr. Ernest Holmes called Discover a Richer Life. And it's wonderful. If you're not familiar with his work, there's some beautiful little chapters in here. It really breaks down these ideas of religion and philosophy. And and it just takes you through a sort of practical prayer. What does that mean? And they're they're short chapters, but wonderful, that uh, little, little booklet here. And I pulled a quote out 
from this because it's, it's a couple quotes today I'm going to share from the book. Dr. Holmes said, first of all, he said, philosophy is the love of wisdom, a search after truth. We are a wisdom teaching. We are the perennial truth in terms of what we understand is that what, what we believe and what we nurture in our life, we have a tendency to bring into our experience. That's the good news. That can be the bad news. One of the struggles that people have that I've encountered on my journey of spirituality is this idea that God is available to all. In other words, that God is eminent, that the presence of spirit is not a personality, but it is available to each and every person. And so for many traditions, without that intermediary, without going through someone, a figurehead, it's a challenge. And even this day, it's like, well, you know, I don't know about that. You know, and, and, and it's okay, we don't have to make that wrong, but it's bringing wisdom into it and understanding where people are. Because the reality is we can do this work anywhere. You know, the breathing work. You, you take your breath almost everywhere you go. Anybody notice that? You know, you don't have to come here and, and get my permission to breathe. If you do, you probably aren't going to make it here. But I'm just saying that, that but, but it's available all the time. But sometimes we feel like we need the authority. And we come together to share wisdom. You know what happens for me when I start to, to work on this stuff? You inform this talk. Your decision to be here informs what I'm guided because that when I start to create these, after a while, it's not about my stuff. It's about what's, what's showing up for me and the synchronicities and the information and the insights. So I thank you because we create this together. For me, it's one of the most exciting things in my life. I get done with a talk every Sunday and I'm like, man, I'm done. That's everything I got. And then Thursday, all of a sudden ideas, words, and the inspiration shows up, and then there's a richness that creates it. And I know it's the collective. So this talk, we finished this talk like Thursday at noon. Thank you. And then it was my opportunity to put it together and share it with you in a way that I think has value. So philosophy is the love of wisdom, a search after truth. Dr. Holmes said, true religion should identify man's mind with this eternal reality and teach him that his own life is a manifestation of the universal life life of God, that the highest God and the innermost God is one God, that there are no opposites to good, that all the belief in the devil, hell, evil, all things in themselves are myths, fantasies, mistaken concepts. This is, the religion of the fu- this is what the religion of the future will do. It will teach the identification of oneself with this universal being through an inner awareness, a sense of all people have, but which few people use. You see, we understand it. But what I look out in the world, and this is not pointed at anyone, we understand the concepts. But why don't we use them? Why would you come here week after week after week and still be trapped with what is your past? And not a criticism, but to me it's a wonder. Why we don't apply? Why, we, why don't we dive into these principles in a way that are transformative? Because it's our opportunity. And yet it's so easy to say, I would do that, but I've ha- I had this in my past. I have had this experience. And so I want to flesh that out with you today and give you some insight. And this afternoon, give you some practices that I think will help create a, a more spaciousness of the soul work that we're about. Because you can't get to the soul through the analytical mind. You dive into the soul, it's a mystery. But many of us don't allow ourselves to live in mystery, to live in the unknown. Because that's just too scary. Why is that scary? Why do we have to have all the answers in our head all the time? The obsessive thinking, 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 and it's got to look like this, and it's got to be like this, and this is wrong, and this is right. Really? Oh, my gosh. And we say we're not God. We're into God individualized, but now we want to be the big God. That's right. That's wrong. Wrong outfit. Wrong haircut. Wrong shoes. I mean, drill on down. 
Drill on down. So, our divine blueprint. We all have a pattern of oneness which lies within us. We all have a pattern of oneness within us. But it lies dormant until it awakens. See, what happens as we go on this journey, and here's another, another quote by Dr. Holmes. He said, we know too that to the degree in which we're able to see a perfect man, it will appear. But we have to see it. We feel that the spiritual, the real man is perfect. And by man, he means men and women. He means humanity. We feel that the spiritual or real man is perfect and we seek to uncover this perfection which is within every person's life. This is spiritual mind healing. It is to reveal the perfection. Because the truth of it is, whatever has happened to us, it informs us. But the challenge we have is that we take it on as our identification. And that's simply a misuse of what we've been given. It's not that we're doing anything wrong. It's just that we've been given a particular gift. And then we are not accessing and utilizing the gift in a way that's the most productive, that we're all longing for. So many people never discover this. Many people go from the, the cradle to the grave and never discover this because they continue to abdicate their responsibility, their opportunity to step into the, the idea and the possibility, I can change this. Change is possible. And then we move into resignation. In fact, the human journey many times feels and appears as if we are all alone. Anybody ever felt all alone? Perhaps you feel alone today. Yeah, it's very real. I mean, we're having that experience. You can't talk me out of that. I can feel very, very alone. It's this experience of separation. And in the separation, we, if we choose and start to wake up, we start to fine-tune our ability to direct to nurture, to welcome, and to inspire ourselves. But it requires that self-care. To move ourselves from a life of survival to a life of possibility and fulfillment. And we get to choose. See, the infinite says, I love you. And so we go off the rails and we go over to separation. We become addicted and we cannot do a relationship. We cannot do a job. We cannot do anything. Because we have decided that we are broken. That there's something wrong with us. And we hope no one ever finds out. Whatever it may be. And this infinite, divine, loving presence says, whatever you choose, I give you because I love you. So have the fullness of this dark and, and, and terrible, tragic experience. I mean, this is the nature of the infinite. When people say to me, how can a loving God allow this to happen? It's like, wait a minute. You don't understand how this creative principle works. And I'm not saying that in criticism. It's hard when our hearts are broken. It's hard when we're disappointed. Without experiencing separation fully, to the depths of what's important for us, the journey back into oneness is less rich and beautiful. I once was lost, now I'm found. You know that old song that we never sing here? <laughs> Albert Einstein said this, a human being is part of the whole called by us universal, a part limited in time and space. We experience ourselves, our thoughts and our feelings as something separate from the rest. A kind of optical delusion of consciousness. There it is, number B up there. An optical delusion, as Einstein said, of consciousness. This delusion is a kind of prison for us, restricting us to our personal desires and to affections for a few people nearest to us. Our task must be to free ourselves from the prison by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole of nature in its beauty. We shall require a substantially new manner of thinking if mankind is to survive. 
I think that's true. And so unless we can live in the fullness of opportunity for ourselves, which means self-forgiveness, understanding, wisdom. Forgiveness doesn't mean I'll do it again. Forgiveness is, you know, I made a mistake. I went off the rails there. And I've learned something by that. I can't go back, perhaps, and make amends, but I can make new choices now. So I understand that, and I needed that because what, what that looks like a mistake was actually helped to create wisdom in our lives. That's where wisdom comes from. It's so painful. I can't do that anymore. I don't want to suffer like that anymore. I don't want that for anyone. And then we step up and we find new ways to be in that. So that's the idea of the blueprint. The blueprint is, our blueprint is one of perfection. Our oneness that can never be diminished by whatever we've done or whatever we said, you never diminish that. Because that part of us, that soul of being can never be diminished, that perfection that lives within us. And yet we, we have this life experience and then we judge and we blame and we shame ourselves or others. We carry guilt. We can carry the epigenetics of our, our, our lineage with us, the invisible loyalties that, that uh, psychologists are looking at now. So to be able to be open to, to our learning and our discovery in this. So we move to intention. As Dr. Holmes said, just what is meant by your word. Now, independent of one another, Laura selected this quote to put up on the screen that Charles helped us read. And I found it for my talk today. Now, we did not have a communication about this, but they're both. So obviously, Dr. Holmes wanted this quote to be here today. <laughs> just what is meant by your word. It means your conscious intention, your conscious direction, your conscious faith and acceptance that because of what you're doing, the power of spirit will flow through your word in the direction you give it. Simple, really difficult. So intention basically is getting clear on what you want. We're here in 2017. People start these um, New Year's resolutions, which usually last till about the third week in January, if you've noticed. So I want to flesh this out with you because there's a deeper way and there's, there's ways to access this in a more rich and sustainable way. Intention is getting clear on what you want. And the analytical, analytical mind gets driven by the hormones of stress. So we find an intention with our analytical mind and then all of a sudden the hormones of stress kick in and diminish and diminish and pretty soon I can't remember what intention I set. We start to think, well, I want this. I want this over here. Because I watched this because I've done it myself. I got a PhD in this. I want this, but I need it under these conditions. But it can't affect this person. I don't want to lose that. And if this occurs, what about that? Anybody ever done that besides me? Yeah. Yeah. That's not intention. What kind of roadmap is that given the infinite? Yeah. You know, I want, the, I want the perfect job. But it has to be between 75th Street and 84th and, and can't go past 101st up to 106th. Right in there. Perfect. You're going to be working at the mini-mark down here. But I mean, that's how ridiculous that is. So an intention is different. Intention is saying, I want a new job. I'm ready for a new job. I'm I want a loving relationship, a new relationship. I want a healing. Okay, you start there. But you don't start to qualify. Oh, it's got to be healing, but it's got to be here. It's got to look like this. Stop it. Set the intention. And then what you do is you want, let's use the example, I want to be in love. I want a great relationship. I want to be an incredible loving relationship. And so what happens when you say that is the frontal lobe, 40% of the human brain is the frontal lobe. It is the workplace. It's the workshop. I used to have a cabinet shop, man. We were in there. We were cutting wood like crazy. We spent more time sweeping up sawdust than we did building anything. But we would cut the wood. But that was a workshop. It's the frontal lobe. It's the creative center. And it connects to all the other parts of our brain. It is unique among humanity. Most species don't have the frontal lobe, but we do. And so the moment you ask an open-ended question, 
when you speculate a possibility, all of a sudden the frontal lobe goes to work and it starts extracting from the other parts of the brain. The creative center, center of your brain gets turned on and it begins to gather information that you've gathered intellectually or you've experienced it. And you say, well, I know, I know what it's like to, to be in love. I read a book about it. Or I remember in third grade when I fell in love with Sally Ann. Whatever it may be. But all of a sudden that starts coming up and it starts connecting. And it starts firing in tandem. This is the way the brain works. This is science. This is not me making this stuff up. I know what it's like to be in love. And it calls up those memories and it starts to create a new vision. And you put those networks together and they fire in tandem. There's a congruency when this happens. And you get a clear picture in your mind. And the clearer the picture is intention. Make sense? The clearer the picture is intention. It's not, I want this, and then it's going up, and then it's coming up with 15 or 20 conditions with which the infinite has to operate within your small parameter. No, no, no. It's asking an open ended question and then pulling together and all of a sudden creating this vision. Not maybe, perhaps not based on your experience, but possibility. And, and the more you have conditions or specifics about it without limitation. So, you want to have a great loving experience. You want to have, a, let's use a new job. You want a new job. Well, I want to make this amount of money. Fantastic. It's going to be this amount of money or more. I want to live, I want to work with creative, on fire, amazing people. Boom. Great. Put that on the checklist. You know, it's like going to the restaurant ordering. I don't want that. I want this. Could I substitute this for that? Used to drive my dad crazy. Just order off the menu. What's wrong with you? Love my dad, but man, don't, order, don't ask for anything special. That could slow the meal down, and he wanted to eat now. I want to travel in my job. I don't want to travel in my job. You give the infinite those details, the more clear you can be about it. It's wonderful. This adds to the vision. The intention becomes a symbol. You see it. And the moment your intention, your dream, starts to become a living motion picture. See, we have to play with it long enough until it becomes alive in our mentality. This isn't a one-time thing. This may take the rest of your life, but you're going to live the rest of your life anyway, aren't you? I'm planning on it. The moment your intention, your dream starts to become a living motion picture, and as this picture becomes alive in your awareness, you begin to actually live in your future. Your brain does not know the difference between an actual event taking place in your life and what you are mentally imagining and rehearsing. Isn't that amazing? Brain doesn't know. We know stories of this. Basketball teams, one, one group goes out and practices the free throws, the other imagines it in their mind. Both improve. The mind doesn't know the difference between an actual event and imagining it. That's how powerful we are. So what happens in this, if we understand it well, is our brain is no longer just used as a, a record of our past. Well, I want this, but I can't do that because I had this experience. This is, this is one of the most popular ideas in the world. So what happens is we go from using it as a repository of remembrances to a map for the future. Very difficult and challenging to do, but all of a sudden it becomes a map for the future because we start to use our minds. Dr. Holmes said to learn how to think is to learn how to live. And he knew this and he understood it. Most people stop at this level, but there's another level. So we get the vision, we start to play the, the picture. We think, that's it, I got it. Another level. You have to combine it with emotions. You have to add the emotional content. Because your body is your subconscious mind. 
Your physical body is your subconscious mind. Your body connected with intention and the emotions that are congruent with the intention becomes our mental equivalent. The feeling tone. The mind does not know that difference, as I said, between experiencing it or creating it in our, in our thoughts. No difference. So now your body is your, is your unconscious mind and is now living in the future in the present moment. I'm going to spend a half hour today or I'm going to spend an hour today or whatever you can do imagining the future event, feeling emotionally the, the future event and letting that transform the epigenetics, the genetic makeup of my spiritual DNA and start to build that, that eager acceptance of what's possible and to grow this proficiency. And it might take more than a couple weeks. But this is such an opportunity and it is such a wasted uh, opportunity when we don't do it. You begin to epigenetically, epigenetically prepare yourselves in preparation for the event. So what we're doing then is not, we are calling the event into our experience. So in other, in other words, you can't wait for your healing to feel wholeness. As soon as I feel healed, I'll, I'll feel good. I'll be happy. You can't wait. You have to feel wholeness for your healing to occur. It means you can't wait for your new relationship to so, show up so you can feel love. You have to feel love now so your new relationship can find you. You become a magnet for it. You can't wait for your new job so you can feel empowered. Well, as soon as I get the new job, I'm going to feel good about myself. It doesn't work that way. You will wait forever. You have to feel empowered so that your new job finds you. It's not I will believe it when I see it. It's when I believe it, I will see it. Most people wait for something outside of themselves to happen to change how they feel. You know anybody like that? Waiting and waiting and waiting, waiting and waiting and waiting. And we wait forever. Someone said the other day, I was at a meeting of the, one of the committees here, and somebody said, well, we can't, we, we, we can't do that until we're ready here. And I, you know what my teacher used to say to me? Because I said the same thing. That was one of my big arguments. I can never be a minister in this teaching because you don't know all the horrible thoughts that run through my head. And she would laugh at me. And she said, Patrick Cameron, if you wait till you're ready, you'll be waiting forever. Blew, blew, blew the lid off of that theory, huh? That, see, that's the old cause and effect model. The old model of reality. You did this for me, and as a result, I found some relief, and now I feel loved. That's the old cause and effect. And then we're at the mercy of everyone else. It is called victim consciousness. I hope people love me today so that I find some relief. And of course we want people to love us. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe your resolution for 2017 is to make new enemies. I don't know. It's, you know that's your decision. But all I'm saying is many people feel like I will be fulfilled when people approve of me. And man, oh man, that is such a wobbly ground to stand on. The new model, the quantum model is you are going to have to change how you think and how you feel in order for the event to find you. And that is not contingent on anybody else. That is yours and mine to do. A person wants to fall in love. They think about the characteristics of what that relationship will look like. Sets the intention. It, then it needs a carrier, which is the emotion to feel the love. If you want to enter a relationship about love but don't bring any love to the relationship, why would that person want to love you? Why? And, and, and so you bring that to that. And you know what the results are. Because we've all done it. 
I know this for sure. I have a PhD in this as well. Where consciousness meets the material world is through personality. And so your personality creates your personal reality, and your personality is made up of how you think and how you act and how you feel. That's what we show the world to. You have to think about what you've been thinking about and then change it. Our role in this is think about what you've been thinking about and change it if it doesn't line up with what you want to have in your experience. Most people try to create a new personal reality as the same personality. Can't do it. You cannot do it. A wealthy person doesn't feel lack and doesn't project lack in the future. If they project lack in the future, they will experience lack. That's how the law works. By identifying with your future instead of your past and your present reality. And you have to notice memorized, memorized emotions. So we move into, let's move into the next slide. Crystal, thank you. So how the event finds us. You have to notice your memorized emotions. We all have memorized emotions. Each and every one of us. Somebody says something, we're tripwired, we go right into the emotion. And see, the challenge for us is to stop it. How do we stop it? At some point, a person will have to look at the emotions that they have memorized that keeps them anchored in the past and decide if these emotions are going to belong in their future. This is your dominion. To realize, here comes this emotion again. How do I stop this? Well, first of all, you become aware of it. And if it's running you, start breathing intentionally. Breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth. Slow yourself down. And then and silently within yourself say, no, no more. No more. This is my precious temple of consciousness and there is no room for you anymore. And you are eradicated and dissipated in this moment. You might have to do that thousands of times. But I'll tell you what will happen over time. With enough discipline and devotion, it will change. You'll start to create an opening. This afternoon, I'm going to share a, a meditation with you. Laura and I are going to facilitate the workshop. Powerful meditation by Dr. Joe Dispenza that dives into the subconscious and creates an openness where you come out of it and you are, you're so on fire with your life. What we want for all, everyone, for one another, I love my life. I am so grateful for being here. I don't look at my past as, as failure. That past brought me to this point to create wisdom in my life. I am much wiser now. I choose in different ways how to use my mental capacities to give birth to wisdom. And those disappointments have, have, have sharpened the, the, the fiber of my spiritual resiliency. They grew a bigger me. This is our opportunity. It's not a cause for failure. So it requires a tremendous amount of awareness and energy. I know that. The awareness means you have to stay conscious and pay attention to who you are being all the time. And you can't let any thoughts slip by your awareness that return you to your old self. So energetically... You know that. You know when you start to spin in the sadness, the sorrow, the repetitive thinking. And that's when you have to take your analytical mind and your consciousness and say, no, no, not anymore. I've learned everything I need from this. You may want to partner with a prayer partner. You may want to bring somebody into your life to help support you and accelerate that because it's pretty hard to do it on your own. You cannot let those thoughts slip by. You can no longer talk, complain, and blame. And go back to your old habits and expect a new future. Just can't do it. You can't get to the new future by pointing fingers back there. It used to look like this. My life used to look like this. <sighs> you're just gonna, you, what are you, you're just going to repeat the past. You have to maintain a state, and you have to maintain this state of eager anticipation 
for a period of time until your body catches up. You have to embody it. Oh my gosh, I am so eager, 2017 like never before. I'm gonna get some amazing things done this year. I'm gonna finally master this habitual, memorized emotions that keep me spinning in the past of self-regret and condemnation, guilt and shame, whatever it may be. The only reason I can talk about all this stuff so well is I have a master's degree in that as well. I'm gonna tell you, there's nothing productive that comes out of that, nothing. There is no value for anybody that comes out of that. That's the conversation I have with myself every day. I'm just doing it publicly right now. Stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. It ain't easy. But I know that, that my soul, I didn't show up here to live a diminished, depressed, meager experience. And neither did you. It takes a certain amount of repetition, it takes consciousness, and it takes will. And you know what? It may take a while, but it is so worth it. And you deserve it. And we deserve it because as your, your energetic brings healing to this, it, it finally arrives. That is so beautiful. Carl Jung said this, and I've got this uh, slide up here. Carl Jung said, there's no coming to consciousness without pain. Because it's going to be uncomfortable to look at these things. People will do anything, no matter how absurd, in order to avoid facing their own soul. Amen. One does not come and become enlightened by imagining figures of light, but by making the dark conscious. See, our shadow requires our consciousness and love. To be able to say, wow, look at that. Look at the addictive behaviors that I participated in. That I would not be the person I am today if I hadn't done that. And I don't do that anymore. And when I start to get triggered and start to go that direction, you know what I do? I make a, I make a right turn. Because I am never going there again. And if I land there, sooner rather than later, I wake up and say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going there anymore. It ain't easy. When you start losing track of your vision, it's because likely you become emotional. The memorized emotions show up. The moment you become emotional, you can't see your future because you're looking at your life through the lens of the past. It's simple, so hard, but how do you bring awareness to it? Slow yourself down. Go to your breathing. You'll have your breathing everywhere you go. Breathe into it. Breathe into it. And with each breath, you dissipate it, eradicate it. Set that intention for yourself. I am purifying my consciousness and my memorized emotions here and now. And I'm memorizing a new emotion. I'm going to the vision I have for my life. And you know what? The mind will say, yes. Yes, write it down. Play in it. Create your own, your own movie. You become producer, director, actor. Is it a love story or a story of tragedy? Get up in the morning. Some of the practices. Some of the practices. Read a book, watch a video, something that inspires you, something that lines up with where you want to go, what you want to be. Prepare your body for the future. You know, he, Dr. Joe Dispenza, I'm going to talk about it this afternoon, he says, don't get up from your meditation until your, your mind has changed. Make a vow with yourself. I'm sitting here until my mind has changed, which means your body's changed, that you're alive. This is going to be an incredible day. This is going to be an amazing day, and I'm ready for some surprises. He tells the story of a woman that said, and he always says, set an intention and tell the infinite to bring a surprise. And he was working with a woman that had been doing his meditation for a period of time, and one day, and so, you know, some synchronistic thing that you would not expect. So the woman was driving home from work one day, and a bald eagle landed on her dashboard of her car. Came through the window. She had to pull over because the thing was so big, she couldn't see around the bald eagle. And she sat there looking at the eagle, the look, eagle looked at her, and he flew out the driver's side window. 
And Joe said, I, I, would, I would identify that as a, as a unique event that would... <laughs> I would too. Set an intention, partner with spirit. I'm ready for a new life. And I need a sign, I demand a sign in my life of something's happening. And don't give up if you don't get it right away. Don't be a five-year-old kid. Work with it. Work with the magic. Work with the synchronicity and possibility. Be an opening for something more interesting to happen than repetition of the past. Knowledge, reading a book or watching a video that inspires you. Knowledge is a precursor to experience. The more knowledge you have, the more prepared you are for the event. When you understand it, you read a, a story of wisdom, read Autobiography of a Yogi. I love that book. I could read that over and over again. Amazing stuff. You know, that's, that guy is part of our tribe. There's wonderful books out there. Get up in the morning, take care of your precious body, prepare it for the future. If we don't, we're going to be very predictable. We will be in our, pa- we'll be in our past without it. Take time for yourself every day, one day, one lifetime. Ask yourself, what is the greatest expression I can be of myself today? Ask yourself the questions. And find, find a guide or a mentor. Find somebody that can walk with you, to walk you into your soul. That's soul work we talked about last time we were here. Someone that can walk you into your soul. There's a warmth there. There's an artistry there. The soul is the mystery. We're never going to figure it all out. It may take a lifetime. But that's okay. We don't, we, we don't have to understand all of it. We just have to understand ourselves in this moment and how we are participating in this. This feeling tone. To find that guide or mentor. Have a prayer partner in your life. If you don't have a practitioner prayer partner in your life to help move yourself out of this, you're going to just keep spinning and spinning and spinning in the memorized emotion. And when you invite somebody in to partner with you in prayer, it's a gift to them. That's why we offer prayer support at the end of prayer. And it's confidential. We don't go in the back room and say, oh, guess what? So-and-so asked for prayer today. Write it. No, no, we honor it. It's sacred. It is a, it's a relationship of confidentiality and, and sharing, lifting ourselves up in consciousness. This is why I invite you to get up and greet one another. There's a power where two or more are, are, are present. It's in Matthew where two or more are in agreement. It is done in the Gospel of Matthew. It says that. That's what we do when we say good morning. Welcome to 2017. I see your brilliance. I acknowledge your perfection. Namaste. As Gandhi taught Buckminster Fuller. The, the presence, the divine presence in me honors the divine presence in you. To get up in the morning, and before you leave the house, say, how would a great person act today? How would a great person think? How would a great person feel? Wonderful questions. Just asking it and cracking it open a bit will shift you. And don't get, bu- get up out of that meditation chair until you're, you've been shifted. If you can't go to work that day, you call in and let them know you're busy at home. Yeah, because you're worth it. And this is what we're called to on this planet now. And I, you know, I, I walk around this community and I, I listen to, uh, there's a lot of, you know what? There's a lot of translation that goes on here. And I honor it. It used to look like this here, and now it's this, and, and this, and it's all translation. I get it. That's life. We are masters in this community of translation. I'm not interested. I get it. Translation is important. What I'm interested in is transformation. I'm interested in transformation. And you know what? It doesn't look the same today as it looked five years ago or 10 years ago. 15 years ago when I got here, this place was empty, and I slept in the basement. And then we look at the ups and downs 
of what's happening within the economy and we want to measure it through that. Lives are being changed here. Lives are being changed here and I watch it. And that's what's important. And we can, we can take the narrative and it's all translation. It should look like this, should be that way. Okay, great, great. Honor that, I honor that. That's not why we're here. We are here for transformation. We are here to give birth to the greater yet to be. And I don't mean to push away the translation, it's important. We don't have the support here, we're not here. If the support's not here, we'll do this in another way. Dr. Frank Rishu used to say, I can do this in a phone booth. Be nice to be able to continue to support our community. We are the largest New Thought community in Canada. We're the largest one. Thank you, thank you. And so what I'm saying is when we become so transfixed on what things used to look like, we're missing the opportunity to start to create that feeling tone and that intention for what's possible. That's all I'm saying. So yes, let's honor the translation and say, yeah, wow, look at that. Mm, it's true, it's reality. But, but what is the solution? The solution is to take our consciousness, create a vision, a compelling vision for ourselves individually and collectively that we can call into our experience. But until we embody the feeling tone, we activate joy here. You come in, if, this, if joy is activated in this hall every Sunday, these seats would be overflowing. Hey, come out of the Center for Spiritual Living. Man, they're really great over there. Well, I think I'll stay home and watch the football game. Thank you very much. Oh, it's great. We used to have a bunch of people. What happened? Well, you know. Okay. Yeah, that'll bring them in the doors. You got it. Just saying. I'm just saying because I watch it, gang. We're here for transformation. And if you can't offer a vision and you can't be part of the energetic of it, I don't, I don't know what to tell you because it ain't going to happen. Because what happens is it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Two thousand seventeen is going to be a different year for me. It has to be, because I can't I can't keep getting pulled back in to the translation and do what I'm. What, you know what I'm most uh, effective here? I know this to be true. I know my gifts. It's when I'm creative. And when I'm free to play in this, and when I'm free to do my spiritual practice, so that when you show up, I can model for you and I can part for you an energetic. And I've given far too much energy to trying to fix something. And I can't do it. There's nothing to fix. We are having the experience of the level of consciousness we're at. And my devotion in this year is to transform that within myself and move that forward and continue to make a difference in people's lives. You know, uh, we talk about budget here many times. You know how many times I've sat in my office and talked somebody off the, sh uh, the, the ledge? You know how many times people have come in and said, I'm done, I can't do this anymore, I quit. And so I spend hours and days with people. And, you need, and then the numbers are down here, either financially or, or attendance-wise. And how do you bring that to the membership and say, you know what? How do you put a value on a human life? You know, it's, just a, it's an interesting thing to sit in. And all, the, all of the influences and people and opinions, because you all got one, and I honor all of them. But what it's, for me, it has to be, I have to be grounded in the truth of my being because I'm called to, to preach and to teach this teaching the most powerful way I can. And I'm devoted to that. I'm in 100%, 100%. 
You know, Laura and I came here 15 years ago. I slept in the basement. You know, it's kind of a funny story now. It was inconvenient. <laughs> there weren't a whole lot of people here when I came. But it grew me. It grew me, folks. And I'm so grateful for that. And so if you want, if you want to continue to grow together, I'm in. If you're interested in transformation, I'm in. And if you're not, then we'll make new decisions. Because I know that I will be either inspired to continue or I will be lifted up and out to serve and to preach and to teach. And it's all good. It's all God. It's just the reality of it. So I think we've mastered translation. I think for 2017, it's to, to bring that mastery to transformation. What wants to happen? To leave an open-ended question, oh my gosh, vibrant spiritual community. It's right there. That's why we put a sign up years ago. Vibrant spiritual community, what does that look like? It is joy enthused. People's lives are being transformed. They're on fire because so much of their needs are met, they can finally serve in a bigger way. There's a generosity of spirit that is phenomenal. What would a great, what would a great community think? How would a great community act? And how would a great community feel? Great questions. So make a deal with yourself that you're not going to get up from your chair until you feel differently. Can I teach my emotional body how the future will f- is going to feel now? That's the challenge. Dr. Ernest Holmes, I'll leave this with you today. He said, the progressive awakening of humanity to greater ideals and accomplishments through art, science, philosophy, and religion is the passing of spirit through that person into expression. So these ideas and the way we best do that without duplicating the past is building that vision and intention of possibility and playing in that and feeling that and nurturing that more and more and more. Noticing what we're thinking and if it doesn't line up with the future, changing it. Noticing the trapped emotions, the memorized emotions and shifting them. Saying no more, I don't spin in that anymore, I don't go there anymore. These are the things. So I'm just knowing, I hope that you can join us this afternoon from two to four. If you can't, you're with us in spirit. And we're going to continue to do these things every, every month. We're going to do at least one Sunday afternoon a month. My commitment to this community is to offer this in a way that can be meaningful and impactful because you're worth it. I want the best for you. I want the best for me too. And I know my best is your best because we're all one. So bless you and happy new year. Blessings. Thank you, guys. Thank you.